0: feel like we're forgetting something. Oh yeah, the sermon. Pastor, would you lead us in God's word today, please? People were so excited that we were not gonna have one today and yet, here it is. <clears throat> but before that, you get a bonus scripture reading from Psalm 46. This is the, uh, just a, a magnificent psalm and it's the inspiration for Martin Luther's great hymn that we're actually going to sing uh, as the closing song today, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And it's the traditional one to read on Reformation Sunday. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, is our fortress. I'm wondering if we have any HGTV fans in the house today. Identify yourselves by raising your hand. Okay, we have a few, that's okay. You have some homework (laughs) to go check it out. HGTV, it's it's a wonderful channel, a hidden gem among all the endless cable options. Uh, My wife and I used to watch it all the time back when we had some free time before children. It's It's a pretty fun channel though because a lot of times you can live vicariously through other people because you can find your dream home through someone else. You can also go through all types of different DIY projects, remodeling, renovations, without personally experience all of the hassle and the stress that goes with those things. And you can just watch them from the comfort of your own home. Now there's one show on HGTV that my wife and I uh, especially really enjoyed watching, and that is called House Hunters. Anybody please identify yourself as a House Hunters fan. Okay, awesome show, yeah, awesome show. I I think it's still on, hopefully it's still on. (laughs) But the, the premise is that a family is trying to find their new dream home, Some, a, a home that's gonna meet their needs better than the current home that they have, so they engage a real estate agent, and they take them around town, and usually they, they show them three different options, and you, the viewer, get to be a fly on the wall <coughs> looking at the homes and hearing their conversations about all the pros and cons of this home versus this home versus this home, and trying to find out which one is gonna be the right one for them. Uh, it, it's, a very, it's a very fun show, especially when you're, if you're competitive like my wife and I were, and you would uh, keep track of who guessed the right house first. I stopped keeping track, though, because she was just crushing me. Uh, so, don't even know why I brought it up. But I, the exciting thing for me was just recently, uh, HGTV announced that in honor of Reformation Day, they were going to come uh, up with a new spinoff from house hunters entitled Fortress Hunters. Yeah, no, not a single one of you believes me. I, I, I understand that, but you seem like a nice crowd. Uh, would you play along at least? Would, would, would you just indulge me and pretend that you are the family on this show, Fortress Hunters, and that you have you've you've engaged an agent and they've gone, they've scoured all of Cleveland to find the greatest fortress for you and they've come up with two options, okay? So would you visit them with me and decide which one's gonna be best for you? Would you do that? Sure, oh, the most half-hearted, yeah, okay. But you're, yeah. So which fortress do you want? There are two options, and the first one that your agent takes you to, you get out of the car, and you're just, you're blown away. You almost can't even take a step toward it. You're just, like, taking it all in. It is pristine. It is picture perfect. Uh, Of all the fortresses you've ever seen, this one has the most curb appeal of all of them. And you're already thinking through, oh, all the people that are going to be jealous of me when I move into this new fortress. It's perfect. Just outstanding looks like nothing bad has ever happened anywhere near in the same zip code as this fortress no storms (laughs) nothing like that there's not a not a mark on the outside of this house then you go inside and you think well there must be something wrong with that. but each room is more fantastic than the next and you're just like hey do we even need to go see the second one let's just let's just get this one right on the spot and uh, your agent says, well, the producers of the show are saying we have to go see the second one at least. So you, you, you load up and you're, you're not real excited but you go to see the second one and this one, <laughs> it's nothing to write home about. Unless you were gonna write home about how unimpressive and kind of dumpy looking it was. This one, this fortress, has it seems like it has been through a literal war zone that every storm in the area has singled out this particular fortress to batter and beat and bruise and and it's in in a lot of disrepair. You are not impressed by it. Really, the only thing that you and the agent are able to say that it has going for it is that it's still standing. It is still standing, it has good bones, that's right, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's one of the phrases that they use. <laughs> it is still standing. Now I will I will ask you now, which fortress do you want? Okay? Here we go. You need to, you have to ponder this is like before the dramatic commercial break that they take. They pose the question: so do you want the the perfect, pristine one, no dents, no scratches, nothing, nothing seemingly wrong with it at all? Or do you want the battered and beaten one that's been through storms and wars and damage? Which one? Who wants the perfect one? Raise your hand. So much audience participation today. <laughs> Some of us do, okay? What's the cost? What's the cost? Uh, I didn't I did not get that information. Yeah. <laughs> A relevant question though. Who wants the other one? Who wants the one that's battered and beaten and bruised and, okay, a lot of you didn't vote. You're thinking, ah, I think there might be a door number three. He's tricked me before. There, there's not. There's no, no tricks here today. Let me have a little bit of a twist, perhaps. Now, I, I have to say that I don't want to speak for everyone, but it is, when I'm thinking about what I'm looking for in a fortress, it is somewhat important to me that it has stood through some bad things that have happened. So this perfect one, I don't know, has it been tested? Has it been through the stuff? Has it seen the things that the other one has seen? This one that's not looking so great, oh, it's, it's seen some things, it's been through some things, and it is still standing Strong, So I know for myself, it's a pretty important detail if I'm in the market for a fortress. Now here's the old Jesus twist here. Some of you have already anticipated it because you're a smart crowd. The battered and beaten fortress is Jesus. He is still standing strong, and he is inviting you to take shelter, to take refuge in him. Because Jesus, as we know, Jesus did not get scared off by the trouble and the storms and the wars and everything, all the chaos and the terror of this world. He went right into it. And he faced the very worst that Satan and his sinful world could throw at him, and he withstood it. We know that Jesus, on his way to the cross for us, he was battered and beaten and bruised, all kinds of suffering, as he ultimately died on the cross. But he he rose again, didn't he? And he has come through, he is standing strong. Although, as we've been talking about, He still wears, literally, on his body even today, the risen Jesus wears those scars, evidence that he has been through things for us. You look at his hands and his side and his feet, he's got the scars of his suffering, things that he went through so that you and I would not have to go through them. And here he is, standing strong, your mighty fortress, your very present help in time of trouble, and he says, come and ride out the storm, ride out the war with me. And yet, we still sometimes, we look at him and we kind of turn up our nose and we go back, we we want want the pretty one, we want the picture perfect one. And so I think the the difference is, is pretty simple. You've either got your mighty fortress God himself, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, or you've got the one that we have built with our own hands. So, you know, we all know that we need some kind of shelter from this world. There's a lot of bad things that get hurled at you, storms and wars and chaos and all kinds of things, and so we do our best sometimes, don't we, to build something that we're gonna be able to take shelter in. But if you're anything like me, Maybe you've tried that before, it didn't work out so good. The things that we built for ourselves, uh, maybe you know what looks pretty until uh, resistance comes, until the enemy comes and surrounds that fortress, and starts using a catapult to launch things at you, starts using the battering ram, and the front door breaks down, the walls come down, and then you're out in the elements, and you're thinking, I thought I was safe in my own fortress. Where am I going to go now? graciously, our God, our mighty fortress says, come over here. I've been waiting for you. I have withstood all of these things, and now I'm going to keep you safe. Come and find peace from all that's going on. Come find peace in me. So, as I was preparing for this day, and looking at the, the different uh, scripture passages that we had, Psalm 46, just it just kept, I just kept reading through it. And, uh, I just kept thinking, you know, for there there to be a fortress here presented in verse 1 of this psalm, then to go through all of these things, it wouldn't be looking so great after going through all these things. So I just kind of got got captivated by the image of Christ, our mighty fortress, battered and bruised, beaten, but still standing. And so I I want, uh, framing the psalm that way, I want to uh, walk through it with you And so I invite you, um, there's a few different ways that you can get the text of Psalm 46 in front of you. If you have a bulletin, page four, in the sermon notes outline, there's the full text right there. You can also, maybe you brought your own uh, physical Bible like this, you can look it up there, or, and this is a one-time only offer, you can pull your phone out, and only use the Bible app you ever have a teacher that you know, said you could use your laptop and then they wipe, paste up and down to see who's playing Minesweeper? Yeah, or whatever, yeah. Minesweeper was my favorite. Get Psalm 46 in front of you and I wanna read just kinda it, it in three chunks and see what the Holy Spirit has to show us here from this magnificent Psalm. God is our refuge and strength The very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. It's fun to pick out little words that don't seem to be real significant in the Bible and think, oh, I think that is an important word. The little word, therefore, it starts verse two. It connects... Everything we've talked about already, how we can be ultimately confident in Christ as our mighty fortress, even though all these things from verses two and three are happening. These are like the scary, some of the scariest verses I've ever read. It's like a literal nightmare that I'd be hoping to wake up from. It's like creation itself is being undone. The world's fallen apart. And yet the psalmist says, because we have our mighty fortress in God, therefore we will not fear. It's like, hey, we're taking shelter with Christ. Satan, do your worst. Sinful world, throw whatever you want to at us. We are gonna be safe in Christ because he's been through, he's seen all this before. Therefore, we will not fear because of our mighty fortress. Verse four and following. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Verse four introduces a new source of water that is a lot calmer than the water that we read about in verse three, isn't it? This water is peaceful and life-giving rather than the roaring and foaming, scary, chaotic water in verse three. Now I hate to tell people what they should be thinking, but I'm going to right now, because I believe in verse 4, this river that the psalmist brings up is supposed to be making us think of another river that is mentioned elsewhere in Scripture. In fact, it's, it's from a passage that wasn't even written yet when Psalm 46 was written, but you know, there's this cool thing where God sometimes gives visions of future blessing and hope to his people, even who wrote down his message. So I think the writer of Psalm 46 had this image actually from the very last chapter of the Bible. Revelation, we get scared by Revelation sometimes. This is not a scary verse. Revelation 22, verse 1. It says this Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. This is the city where God is dwelling. This is where God God has inhabited the city to be with his people. This is the new Jerusalem from Revelation. God is with her. She shall not be moved. And this river is life-giving, it is nourishing. It is peaceful, it is calming to God's people. Very different, very very contrasting from the water from verse three. Sometimes water can be very chaotic and and scary in the scripture as an image, or or it can be like this, giving peace. Have you ever had, this this line right here too, at the end of verse five, God will help her when morning dawns. Have you ever had a night that was so dark, so long, that you just, you were just yearning so strongly for the morning, for the sun to come up. Because maybe there's some help. Maybe, maybe even just like kind of symbolically, you were waiting for, for the sunrise, a new beginning, some kind of hope. Well, I think that's what's happening here. If you're in the midst of all these things, you are longing for the morning. And again, I think this this has us pointed toward revelation, the very end, because we know that throughout life there's going to be a lot of mornings between now and the very end where God is going to come through where he's going to bring us hope in the morning. But we should be thinking also of the last day, the final morning that will break, that will that will dawn when Christ Jesus himself will come back and he'll restore all things back to the way they should be. He will usher in He'll, he'll replace all the chaos and the terror, the war, the storms, with peace that doesn't end. We long for the morning. We know it's coming, as God has promised. Verse 6 gets a little chaotic again. The nations are raging, the kingdoms are tottering, and then God speaks. He utters his voice. And we know that God's word is powerful. He speaks, and things happen. We've been living at the end of the Bible, Revelation right now, we're gonna go back to the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1. We see God speaking his creation into existence. He takes things that are very disorderly and chaotic and he speaks and they're just as they need to be. They're very good. But also, we experience that ourselves whenever God speaks his word of forgiveness for us. When we're feeling the burden and the guilt of our sin, maybe we even, like Jesus said in John's gospel reading earlier, we we might feel like we're enslaved to sin. We can't get out on our own. And God speaks his word of forgiveness, and you are set free. The chaos is gone. You are set at peace. Order is brought. A right relationship with God is brought just by the very word of forgiveness that Jesus speaks to you. God speaks and things happen. And then verse seven is a refrain that we have. You'll see it again in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Again, we had the little word therefore in verse two, we have the little couple words with us. God with us, it makes us think, it's very simple, but it makes us think of another great name that we attribute to God. Emmanuel means God with us. He's dwelling with us. He is with us to protect us. This is a refrain that we can keep coming back to again and again and again and again in your life as you live in this stormy, chaotic world taking shelter in the one who is present for you. We have verses eight and nine, there's, there's war again. We know God's ultimate aim is for peace, but if the world wants to go to war against him, he'll go to war. He'll fight for you. He'll fight for his people. But once he's defeated his enemies, once he's ushered in peace, there's no need for anything to do with war, no need for any weapons. So he says the bow and the spear and the chariot, we don't need them anymore. Get rid of them, destroy them, there's no need. It's just an era of eternal peace for God's people. And then he says, be still. And this is a wonderful, some of you guys, I'm sure, have this verse, be still and know that I am God, displayed somewhere in your home, or or it's just a favorite verse of yours. And we love, there's different ways to interpret the meaning of it, we love to be the recipient of that, right, be still, so that you're sitting there in the midst of all kinds of swirling chaos in your life, and you hear, be still from God. Know that I am God, know that I am in control, know that I am in charge, I will be exalted, I will be victorious, and you will share in that. Be still, and know that I am God. But let me offer you another way to take these words, an alternative, and I think that you know, God's operating on such a, a high level that he can make that both these things be true at the same time. What if he's speaking to his creation? What if the creator and Lord of all is saying be still to the parts of his creation that are, just, that are acting up, that are being a little unruly, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Can you think of a time when, when the creator of all things said these types of words to his creation? I, I'm remembering a sleeping Jesus in a boat in the middle of a very scary storm surrounded by very scared disciples. Wind going crazy, the waves sloshing around. They think they're gonna die. Jesus wakes up and says, peace, be still. When in the waves, they get right in line. They obey their master. I I think part of this too, we, we we can receive the be still, but I think that God speaks this to his chaotic creation and restores peace and order, be still. And then that refrain one more time. A reminder, again and again, that God is with us. He is our mighty fortress. Do you still remember that you're on this show? Fortress hunters? The dramatic commercial break is over and you have to decide. I mean, the, the choice is obvious, right? that perfect looking one that we've built, it's just not gonna last. It hasn't been able to endure the things that that battered, beaten fortress is that is still standing, that's been through the storms and the wars for you. And that battered and beaten fortress is your mighty fortress. It is your God. It is your Lord and Savior, Jesus. And in the midst of all the chaos all the scary things that, that, that this world and your life maybe has in it right now, God invites you again and again to come and take shelter with him. He is your mighty fortress. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, thank you for being our fortress to take refuge in through the storms and the wars and all the things that are scary and try to take our peace away. Help us again and again to take refuge in you and to know the peace that only you can provide for us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we prepare to go out from here, I invite you to stand. We're gonna sing, we're gonna sing, A mighty fortress here in just a minute. But but before we do, receive the blessing that our God gives to you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen.